Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gombridge Podcast, episode 82. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside by Alex Clawson and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today? There is, like, nobody in the MLB who wears number 82. This can't even be, like, anyone's special episode. Who, who's the best 82 of all time? Anybody ever wore 82 for the Sox? Nobody. I don't think. Hold on. Nobody has ever worn number 82. That can't be true. I'm looking at a list. Are you serious? Yeah. No number 80. There's a lot of numbers not accounted for. Yeah, it's not really surprising. You don't see a ton of really high numbers. Oh, Clawson, you were wrong. Johnny Laser. Only one major league player ever wore 82, and that one player was Johnny Laser, a seldom-used outfielder for the Red Sox in the 1940s. The Johnny Laser episode. The Johnny Laser episode. No, nobody's talking that. This is the Johnny Laser episode. That's got to be the title. The Johnny Laser episode. Pedroia actually stole the nickname Laser Show from him. I don't know if it's pronounced laser. It's L-A-Z-O-R, but we're going to roll that it's laser. Lazor. Lazor. It might be Lazor with a little like accent, but I'm just going to say laser. All right. There's some interesting guys on this list. I'm looking at 85. We have Lastings Millage, two seasons, number 85, and had a .45 wins above replacement. That's pretty good. All right. You would have won like four innings of a baseball game that year. True. True. Yeah. How's it him? Steve, how you doing this week? How you doing? I mean, in general, not too bad in terms of the the Red Sox portion of my life, which grows every single day. I'm doing poorly. Fair enough. Yeah, it. Uh, we had a very busy week last week for the three of us. There's a lot going on for each of us, school and other stuff. So couldn't really get an episode around. We were trying to. I know Clawson and I were gone for the weekend. So this is the best. We're back. We got a. We got an episode out yesterday that was like pre-recorded a while ago. So if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. That was like a behind-the-scenes look into the show and stuff kind of a fun episode but we got a lot a lot to cover today like a lot we haven't even talked about when we went to opening day which is now like 10 days ago yeah opening day was a fun time the game was game sucked steve pretty pretty boring all around and unfortunately our win streak at fenway since the creation of this show was snapped i forget what, what was it 16 and 0 18 and 0 16 i think is the is the record that we rolled with i think it's somewhere around there uh yeah we last year were 16 and 0 at fenway park and it got snapped pretty bad first inning so i want to talk about this quickly so steve you took the train into boston clausen and i drove in and so we were, we were, I mean, we had something going on that morning, so I would have liked to get down there a little earlier, but we were going to get down there for like 1250 game was at 210. 
It's like, all right, we're going to park. You know, it's going to be a shit show in Boston because it's opening day, but we're going to park. We're going to get in pregame festivities at 1.30. I want to see all of that, you know, lineups, the Jerry Remy uh, memorial and plenty of time, plenty of time. So we're getting down into the city. You know, ETA is getting later and later. We get like right down by Fenway. It's like 110. And if you've never been to Fenway, there's no parking lot there. Like, it is a bad move to drive to Fenway Park, which we knew what we were getting ourselves into. You you can drive around there. It's just insanely expensive to park your car. Like, we're talking minimum $50 anywhere in the vicinity. So we're like, all right, it's getting kind of late. We're just going to have to bite the bullet, pay 50, 60 bucks to park somewhere around the park, and we'll get in and whatever. So driving around Fenway, I don't know what changed this offseason, you seemingly cannot pay to park anywhere. It's all like permit only around Fenway now. So we, we were like, we were fucked. Couldn't find anything. I think part of the issue there is that the lots that are, I don't know if they're privately owned, but when they get full, they just stop obviously advertising that the parking lots are there. So I'm sure that you saw less than there actually was to park if you did get there at an appropriate time. Well, the, the weird thing, too, is we would get to a lot and it would say lot full and then cars would just keep piling in. Yeah, it was like permit only like these lots that I've I've seen in the past, like 60, 70, 80 bucks to park at, you know, right on on Lansdowne and, you know, Jersey Street. And there's another one kind of down. There's that. It's like I don't know if it's the David Ortiz Road. You kind of go down. There's like the retired numbers on the street. It's the uh, Lansdowne uh train stations right there like that's my go-to lot couldn't park there couldn't park there so again we're it's it's now like 130 140 it's jam-packed Klaus and I have this huge ass pickup truck and we're like we got to dump this somewhere we, we got to get in the state like at this point I'm like all right I just need to see first pitch so I'm also already in the park just by yeah myself. so Steve's like you guys he's like where are you guys you guys gonna be here soon we're like we're trying well, it was so, like one thirty, and the and the pregame festivities have in fact started at this at this point, and you guys were like, "There's, there is no ETA because there's a, a solid chance that you won't even be able to park at this point." It sucked because we're like, we're right there by Fen. Like, the thing is too is you couldn't move. There are so many people, and it's like it's like trying to. I don't even. I can't even good give a good analogy. It was impossible to drive. So we finally kind of get back out onto like one of the main roads of Boston. We're like, I don't know, 10th of the, we're right down the road from Fenway. And so we see this very nice neighborhood and no one's going down there. It's quiet. There's no traffic. I'm like, Clausen, you want to just like swing down here, see what's going on? I was like, who knows? Crazier things have happened. So take a, take a left down the road. We're driving down the road and uh, there are spots on the road. And I'm like, all right, we're going to, we're going to park the car here. We're going to walk. And we're going to pray that we don't get a ticket. We don't get towed because this is also not our car. If we got towed, would have been screwed. So uh, didn't really check what was going on there. Ditched the car, walked in, made it about three minutes in before first pitch. And we get back to the car. Nothing. Nothing was there. No ticket, no tow. In fact, I'm not going to disclose where this is because I truly think this is the hidden gem of Boston. Free hour, two parts. Free two-hour parking, like a five-minute walk from Fenway. I couldn't believe it. It was like 10. I'll tell you why it was 10. 10-minute 10 walk? 
easily because uh, i mean towards the end this might be jumping forward in the entire day i'll save it for the end i'll save it for the end i'm trying to remember well, it was like a three, 10 minute walk free two hour parking i don't know that feels risky still it was it was weird i was weird i like i'm sitting there, i'm like this doesn't feel right this does not feel right couldn't believe it in fact i don't i couldn't even describe to you where it really was but we got in we literally sit down and within 30 seconds I think, yeah, Buxton was leading off. Pops went up, and Verdugo and Xander couldn't figure out who wanted to catch the ball. And I think that that has been the epitome of the last 10 days for this team. Well, Buxton got hurt that play, too. Was it that play or the next? No, it was that I thought play. he got hurt, like, on the first play of the game. Yeah, it was the first play of the game. Yeah, we were talking about it. Buxton can never stay healthy. And boom, that play. I saw a thing That's where it was, like, the, the record with Buxton in the lineup – since 2018 there's something like 174 and like 70 or something like that probably wasn't 174 games because buxton isn't never that healthy but without them they have an atrocious atrocious losing record so i mean byron buxton's very good an insane split an insane split so how this episode's kind of going to work since we've got so many games to cover we're not really going to go through them individually we'll give a quick series recap obviously you probably don't want to hear us talk a lot about the last three series anyway, because they've all kind of sucked, but we're going to give a series recap. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about being at Fenway in person. I was also at the Blue Jays Red Sox game uh, last Tuesday, I believe was the day. Did talk they a little win bit that about game? that. They did. They did. That was all the, right. uh, again, another incredibly boring game. That was the one where Bichette like forgot how to throw. Right. Uh We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about upcoming week, our thoughts on everything. So, yeah. So, the opening series against the Twins, obviously that first game sucked that we were at. You guys got any other thoughts on that day? I will say the Truly Terrace, very nice. Truly Terrace is nice. Our original seats were not nice. Not good. So many just view obstructions in Fenway. They get that it's a billion years old and perhaps they weren't, they didn't really iron out the kinks in architecture at that point yet, but he wasn't great. Moved down to some better seats. And then I will say one of the funnier things that happened during that poor day was when we did move up, we were like a section behind the home dugout standing right on the first like row. And then it was a walking path. It was like the eighth inning, and I was like, I looked up, I saw our our guy Steve Peralt walking by with Elaine, and I was I like, that. I was like, oh, hey Steve, what's going on? What's up? And he initially like didn't like didn't look up because we were like slightly above him, and he was like, oh, hey, what's let's good, what's a good dude, and he gave me a fist bump, and then like he he like started he took a step by us, and then he did a double take and was like, oh shit, it's you guys, what's going on? So that was that was pretty funny. That was he, good. Yeah, he talked to us like a, a couple, couple seconds, like a minute, and Elaine was just like standing there because we never interacted with her. I don't think really, and he like leaned over and like whispered something to her, and she was like, "I know who they are. I know, I know, I know these, I know these kids, scoundrels." I think she follows us on Twitter, and he doesn't. That's he true. Follows, she follows us. No, on he follows us on Twitter. I think. Yeah, not Instagram. Oh, that must be what it is. Yeah. But oh. Steve, Steve was in work mode. He was in work mode. Um, he's got to have his 
his eyes peeled, head on a swivel. Exactly. Red Sox games. Working, working for the team now. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. So we moved down eighth inning. That was really nice. Uh, also, Clausen, I think you were in the bathroom for this when we were on the Truly Terrace. Steve and I were standing over by the Nesson booth, and uh, Tim Wakefield just popped out. Got to shake Tim Wakefield's hand, which was pretty cool. Was Steve cool. was Steve was like, "That's weird." I was like, nah. "I didn't think I didn't say that was weird, but he was just getting like very crowded by a bunch of people." And I, it's like Tim Wakefield, which I get. I think it was more weird that he just like decided to like step out of the Nesson booth. I think his daughter had to use the bathroom, so like he was keeping an eye on her on her like walk over there, even though it's directly next to the Nesson entrance. So he just stood there while she was gone, shaking people's hands, bunch of bunch of big Boston guys, you know, being like, "Wake, what's going on? I love you, Wake. What do you think about the Sox this year and all this other stuff?" And Gardy, you know, slid over there, shook the man's slid, hand, slid on there, just shook his hand. I said, "Tim, nice to meet you." Said nice to meet you and uh, went on with our day. I will say though, the new studio is beautiful and I love the backdrop, but weird design that the only door in and out of there is like directly in the concourse to like, like again, you've got Tom Karen in there, you've got Jim Rice and you've got Tim Wakefield. And the only way that they can leave that studio is to walk out into a sea of Red Sox fans where they will have. No shot of getting through that crowd in less than five minutes. No. Um, security guard was very nice. My only shining moment up in the Truly Terrace was we were standing by the door, and I looked at the security guard, and I was like, so anyone can just go in there? And he was like – he gave me this, like, really – this, sh- like, look of, like, shock and, like, I don't even know what. He was like, no, 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 like, can't go in there. And then I walked out to go to the bathroom, but – I gave the man a good scare. We were just taking pictures, like, you know, like, oh, this is nice. And then it you felt said like that. a zoo exhibit because it it totally, the walls it, are it all glass. Yeah. You can't hear what they're saying. You're just looking in there. Like, oh, shit. I it's see like these guys on TV. Yeah, exactly. But I love the Truly Terrace. Uh, it weirdly, not weirdly, it stands out from the rest of Fenway because it's so new. It's such a, a difference from everything else at Fenway. Uh, like they had, so, so you get food and then I don't need, we didn't use it, but I saw people using you like put your food and drink into like this. I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of like a capsule and it like scans what you have. Like there's no cashiers up there. Cause Fenway also went cashless, which talking to the employees, they said makes things go faster. I personally didn't think so. I'd never seen food lines so long. Well, yeah, it's allegedly cashless, but at the same time, all of the the guys just walking through the stands only oh, yeah. take cash. So, yeah, the vendors still aren't cashless, but the food lines in the concourse. I mean, we waited like I think it was the sixth or seventh inning. We waited like a good, almost full inning for food. I mean, it was it was insanely long. Lines yeah, are always long, to be fair. And one thing I did notice too is while you guys were in line, I was standing towards the side a hot dog vendor like the guy just carries it around like walked into the concourse and people like kept stopping him to see if he would like give them like sell them stuff then so he just plopped his his little thing down and just stood in the concourse for like 20 minutes selling hot dogs it's crazy smart that's smart Smart, but uh yeah it was a good time i was really happy that we could go it was a lot of fun but uh yeah the game itself sucked pavetta went two innings 
Uh, Verdugo hits. Yeah, Verdugo hit a home run that game. Sano hit a home run. Devers Raffy had, had a home run. Rafi had the, the pesky pole shot. But, I mean, other than that, Joe Ryan looked really good, and I the Twins have been hyping him up. I think he's the real deal. But, you know, the Red Sox got behind in that one. Couldn't really ever pull themselves out of it. The next day, Saturday, 4 nothing win. Who pitched that one? That was uh, Tanner Houck. He looked good. And the, the city connects were brought back. You yep. win the weekend. You win Saturday. You win Sunday. Marathon Monday, you're looking for the series win. They did not, did not deliver on the 11 o'clock game. Did not get it. Local guy, Rich Hill, gets on the hill. That was pretty – that was un, unplanned for. Actually, never mind. I'm not going to make that joke. But, uh, yeah, he didn't look – didn't look great. His, uh, his dad was a marathoner too. Yeah, that was a big start. He had passed away the week before. R.I.P. I heard his dad was like 95. Who's that? Really? Well, Rich, Rich Hill that himself must have is 50, so – Rich Hill got arrested at uh at what's it I can Gillette, Gillette Stadium, and then has had like a hall of hall of fame career since then. And he was like thirty eight when that happened. But like I just looked it up, his dad was ninety four. What did he run like thirty some odd marathons? Thirty seven awesome. marathons. That's unbelievable. Is it was kind of like a hall of famer. Is that what you just said? Huh? What? Did you say Rich Hill's had a Hall of Fame career? I was jo- I was purely joking about that to make make the point that Rich Hill got arrested and we all thought his career is over and then proceeded to pitch like seven really good seasons since well, then. You you said that so deadpan that I was like, is he? Rich Hill is not a Hall of Famer, folks. Shocking news. He's had the, the amount of years he's played in the league. He could have like three Hall of Fame careers at this point. Yeah, Fun fact: the the first ever Red Sox game I went to. It was 2011 against the Twins. Or it was the first game at Fenway I ever went to. And I remember Dick Mountain came out of the bullpen to relieve Cladro. It went Rich Hill, Albers, someone else, and then Papelbon. And I remember – I just remember Rich Hill pitching. And he's still around 11 years later, which is insane. Absolutely insane. But, yeah, not a good start. The marathon came and went. I'm so happy that we're through this streak of day games too. That was not fun. Yeah, I mean, the past few, the past three series of Red Sox baseball have been what you could classify as not fun. Even though no, we did, we did take the series win against Toronto. No, that was didn't. cool. We we lost two out of three. Did we? Yeah. Uh, I thought I literally thought I just was listening to Jared's podcast, and I thought that he said that we took the series. I wasn't one hundred percent sure. I wasn't willing to fact check whether or not that was the case. I wanted to believe that there was some kind of glimmer of light, but I guess there wasn't. No, no such, uh, no such thing. I mean, yeah, you lose. You know, you split the series with the Twins. Whatever. You're seven. What were they after that? No, they were five and five after that. You come in first night against the Blue Jays. You got Valdi on the bump. You win. I'll talk more about that game in a minute. But then, you know, you come out the next two days, and the offense just lays an egg. I mean, you score one 
one run the next game on the Jerry Remy, uh, you know, the night that they honored Jerry Remy. You got to think the team's fired up for that one. They looked horrible. And then the next night or the next day, you get some decent starting pitching and you score two runs in the ninth. You have a runner on third. And then you can't you can't push across the tying run. So it was just a a week of almosts, and it was it was not good. There are a lot of like the the lineup. We'll get into more analysis in a minute. But the lineup is just could not be more flat. Well, I mean, league lead wide league wide. Excuse me, offense has been down i think the averages for pretty much every offensive category are at an all-time low the uh, the league average is like 232 league average for obp is just north of 300 steve 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 can i tell you something yeah please the uh boston red sox are are below all of those averages i'm I'm aware i'm aware pretty bad yeah, but you look at a bunch of guys around the entire league that should be mashing. Carlos Correa's hitting poorly. Story, obviously, sitting poorly. Then you got some random guys that are absolutely mashing the ball still for some reason, somehow. Maybe it's just their expected average to just panning out for them. Who knows? But offense around the league sucks. It's MLB's fault. They're all playing with dead balls. Rob Manfred hates the sport. Could go on. But, yeah, first game against Toronto. I went down with uh, for that one. It was freezing cold. But same thing. They, you, you, I, I leave that game, and I'm like, wow, they won. But there was, like, nothing notable to, to talk about. I mean, it was Kike, Kike got a double. Story got a double. That was the one run they drove in. And then Verdugo got like a miscellaneous single somewhere else in the game. And then other than that, it was, you know, you pushed across the uh, the one run from the Bichette error. And you're grateful for that. The bullpen looked great. But, you know, pitching's been really good, but the offense has just not, not been clutch. Not anyway. all the pitching has been really good, though. Well, for the most part, I would say it's been really good. Rich Hill's been... Like guys who have not been great, Rich Hill's been okay. I think that once Sailor Paxton comes back, the way things are leaning right now, like maybe he goes to the pen or something. Cutter Crawford has been – he had a really good outing against Tampa the other night. Other than that, he's been horrible. Brazier's been pretty bad. Valdez had a blow-up outing the other day. Sawamora has not been great. Other than that – Michael Walker been, has been unreal. Michael Walker has been the best pitcher in this rotation. Someone – I think it was it Guardy yeah, was it was me. Guardy's like the biggest Michael Walker hater on the planet. No, no I was he said that I, he was going to be the next Rich, um, not Rich Hill, Garrett Richards. Garrett Richards. I was uh, coming in. Well, listen, it's been three starts. Michael Walker can certainly turn this around the opposite way. Hopefully, he doesn't. But I don't think it's it's crazy to say, or I don't think those were crazy expectations coming into the season. Well, but, I said. We got a question a couple weeks ago. Yep. If there's one player on this roster that could surprise us in a positive way, who would it be? And I said, Michael Walker. So. 
Well, I mean, Heim scooped him up within like minutes of free agency being over. Didn't have a very good year last year for Tampa Bay. And when Heim sees someone that he likes, like he's going to, he's going to grab him. And he, he, he scooped him up pretty fast, but yeah, that series against Toronto, you know, Toronto's a very good team, an understandable loss. The we'll move into the series against, you know, Tampa Bay. You get a big win on Friday and then Saturday, Saturday is the game I really want to talk about. Yeah. Because what a, what a weird game. You got an absolute gem from Whitlock who makes his first career start four innings, one hit, no runs, no walks, seven strikeouts, just completely in, in control. No one can touch, you know, that, that sinking fastball, if that's what you want to call it. And the Red Sox get no hit through nine innings. Weird. Combined, no. One of the weirder baseball games I've seen, I'm not going to lie. Like, just nothing from nobody. I mean, nothing. And then Bobby Dahlbeck comes up. The guy who you, you least expect anything from. I think at that point, I had been tweeting updates on this. So this year, he had been up to the plate. I don't know how many times, but he had had 34 runners on base this year during his plate appearances, and he had driven in zero up until that point. Zero. Yeah, yeah he, he was slumping. like five for 38 at yeah. one point. Big time slumping. But he comes through with the triple. Vasquez gets the sack fly, and you're sitting there. You're like, all right, things are looking pretty good. And then Jake D. Yeah, Deekman came in for the save, right? And he he walks. He walked three guys. Well, we got two runs right the top of the tenth. You're up two nothing. Yeah, it went. Uh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Why am I thinking? Oh, uh, that was the first night that Deekman had walked through, yeah. guys. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, so the, the Robles came in for the save, which I like. And I think I'm standing by this. I think that Robles m- probably will turn out being the closer for this team at some point. I, I like I like what I've been seeing from him. Barnes has completely lost his stuff. His fastball is like five miles an hour slower than it was last year. Seemingly has no confidence. But Robles comes in, you know, struggles a little bit. You've got a runner on third, two outs. And, I mean, you all saw what happened. Story makes the play. Nice play. He kind of slipped on his way down. It's it's a bad throw, but Bobby's also on the complete complete wrong side of the bag. Yeah, that play is pretty much split down the middle for whose fault that was. Story definitely rushed his throw like a lot enough to where it obviously affected the outcome. And Bob, his footwork was off. I don't know what he was really doing because Story was in a position where Bob should be at least like towards the middle of the bag, but he's on the corner that is closest to home plate. So he, so any errant throw that could happen, which did happen that caused Bob to go all the way across his body to the other side of first base was going to be a tough play, a tough ball to catch. And he just couldn't come away with it. 
So that put two runners on, right? Or no, one run scored off that errant throw because there was a man on third. Then there's a guy on first. I'm pretty sure they gave him second base on like a fielder's indifference. And then Kevin Kiermeyer comes up the bat. I'm watching the little little game 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 day live thing on my MLB app because all the TVs where I was was at the were on the Celtics game at the time. And before they show you the result of the play, they show you where the ball went on like the little fake strike zone with a little animated batter. And they show Kiermeyer's hot zones. So Kiermeyer's hot zones are all blue. They're all blue, except for the one directly at the bottom of the plate in the middle, which is pretty red, and the one in the top and up and in for Kiermaier that's in the top left because he's a lefty, or top right, I guess, depending where you're looking from. It's kind of it's kind of reddish. So he grooved one in there, and then I get a notification that says, ball's in play. And I looked at somebody I was sitting with, and I said, the game's probably over now because I'm pretty sure that Kiermaier just ripped, ripped a a hard hit somewhere and even if I, I thought it was a double initially but i was like even if he gets on like on second and it's still a 2-2 game like there's no way the bullpen can recover from such a devastating blow but in reality he smoked it to the right field bleachers game's over kevin kiermeyer one of my least favorite players in the entire league is the hero for tampa bay that night kevin kiermeyer is one of those like kevin kiermeyer is kevin kiermeyer's biggest fan kind of guys yeah he's always just like giving himself, you know, the props for being the best center fielder or whatever in the league, all this other BS. I never got it. Like, he's good on defense. He just can't hit. No, he's like JBJ. A little better than JBJ. It's debatable. But, uh, yeah, and then, yeah, Kiermaier, watching that game live was just, like, putting a dagger through your heart. You're like, oh, good Lord. I just sat through all of that. Nine no no hit innings. You go to extras, you get the lead, feeling good. And then yesterday's game, just no offense again. You score two in the first, nothing after that. Bullpen is like okay. Valdez kind of blew up. And now we sit at seven and nine through the first two or so weeks of the season. Valdez pitched poorly during that inning. Let up three earned. That inning, quote unquote, he 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 got one out. He did. Then so, Barnes and Deacon both set up an earned run, and then people are questioning the move to bring in Tanner Houck here. You probably should bring him in, and just for this game, looking strictly at this game, Houck probably could have come in earlier when we weren't down by what was it like three or four runs. Yep. People are questioning like that it was just a waste. Like don't bring him in at all. But in reality, we're about to go to Toronto. And Tanner Houck can't play in Toronto. So Yeah, he's got four four days off regardless. So it really didn't matter. He'll probably start that first game against who do we play after? Baltimore. Baltimore. So he'll probably start that first game in Baltimore on Friday. So yeah, I mean, they were gonna use him regardless, but yeah, for anybody wondering why Tanner Howe can't play in Toronto, it's because the vaccination mandate in Toronto is different than in the U.S. So he, I can he even can he travel with the team? Do you guys know? I don't think so. No. 
Yeah. So I also saw something that the Red Sox were looking at uh, taking a bus back over the border so guys don't have to quarantine or something. Oh, if guys test positive? Yeah, something like that. Because then they're out for like two weeks. So it's still a messy situation. It sucks that like there's only one Canada team and we fall in the division that they play in. So, you know, no other teams really are getting as screwed over by us. But it stinks that these guys haven't gotten vaccinated. The only other guy is Cutter Crawford. I uh, so he'll be out for the series as well. They called up Tyler Danish again, who actually pitched really well in the one game against Tampa. I can't remember which game exactly he pitched, but I'm pretty sure he had like four or five strikeouts. And then they also called up John Schreiber. Uh, I don't remember this guy at all. He apparently pitched one game for us last year. Three innings, four hits, one earned run. Pitched a little bit for Detroit in 2020 and 2019. So I'm sure we'll see him get some innings this series as well to give some other guys a rest. But other than that, everybody else is coming to Toronto. Yep. Looks like it's going to be Avaldi for game one. Pavetta slated to go game two with his stellar 10, 10 ERA. Pavetta's second innings have sucked two games in a row. I think as long as he can get through there, he'll be okay. Well, his second inning on opening day was also his last inning. Um, Good point, Steve. Michael Waka going for game three. And then I don't know if any you know, nobody's listed for us on game four. So that's the pitching for the Sox that you should be expecting. You, you technically have our top two guys in the rotation going against one of the best offenses in the league with Avaldi and Waka. Avaldi, while he has not been, I think, to the standard that we all thought he was going to be, he has consistently given the Red Sox an opportunity at the very least to win games. And as we've already mentioned, the Red Sox offense sucks. So you need more than just an opportunity to win these games. You desperately need at least to split this series. At, at least. You just keep losing division series. It's tough. We're closer to the Orioles than we are to anybody else right now. I'm going to make a rule right now. I am not going to mention how many games back we are of the first place team. Unless we're in first place, then I'll, I'll probably point that out. Not going to mention that until after the All-Star game. That's when it matters. You're only three games back. Well, all right. You broke that real quick, didn't you? You didn't have to say it. I didn't say it. It's not it's a big early. deal. It's early. It's the second week of the year. It's the it's second. not a big deal. Third week, of, third week of the year. It's... Everyone's offense sucks. Pitching's been much better than expected. Mm-hmm. You're only three games out. Can you I got ask... a four game. You got a four game series against the team in first place right now. Exactly. You can come out of this with a one game lead. Exactly. You totally could. Can I ask why Travis Shaw is still on this team? There's a lot of people that you can point fingers at right now. I think you're wasting a little bit of energy pointing. pointing I'm, just, I'm just curious why he, he's 0 for 17. Maybe it's like Chris Davis situation where at some point you just keep putting him in the lineup to see how bad he can be. It is. We're not paying Travis Shaw yeah, just, Chris Davis money. I'm aware. I think I'm aware. Travis Shaw, I would much rather have Rob Snyder up. I get that he's a righty, but. 
Fitzgerald, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. There's a couple guys. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., surprisingly, not surprisingly, I guess. He, he's He's been okay. I stick to my opinion. I'd rather have Duran up here still. But with how bad with this – What? I disagree with that. And I, I figured. But with how bad this offense has been, he's been one guy that you kind of gloss over of, like, who's been really, really bad. And it hasn't really been him. He's got, like, four doubles. He's got – he does have four doubles. He's hitting 220 right now through 41 at-bats. So, not horrible. It's good for JBJ. Yeah, we'll take it. If he could – honestly, if he could hit 220 this year, not be that mad about it. I'm not mad. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you you just look up and down the lineup. Xander's – Xander's been tearing it up. Not really in the power department. Nobody really has been there. But getting a lot of hits, he's hitting 350. And then after that, I mean, you look down the lineup and – just guys struggling everywhere. I mean, Kike's hitting 180, Dahlbeck's hitting 154, Arroyo's hitting 179, Story 234, Devers is hitting 265. Like, it's tough. And now JD missed that whole series against Tampa Bay because I think he pulled a hamstring or something. He's, I think he's going to play today. In fact, have we gotten a lineup yet? Oh, wait, we have gotten a lineup. JD is back in the lineup today. I'm shocked Story's hitting 230. Every time I watch him, he strikes out. He consistently goes like one for five. Yeah. Lineup today, Kike, Verdugo, Bogarts, Devers, Martinez, Bradley, Dahlbeck, Arroyo, Ploiecki. So no Story today. Well, also, one thing I will point out is that our – our at-bats, I think we lead the league in seeing the fewest pitches per at-bat per team, and our chase rate is yep. in the bottom five in the league, and our whiff rate, I think, is also bottom five in the league. So those are all bad things. We could harp, harp about how bad our offense is for a while. I don't know what could possibly fix it. I think it's not guys will one come guy. around. Yeah, it's, it's not one guy. The offense is too, too good to be slumping, and... I mean, we, we kind of have, have to talk about it a little bit, but I agree. I'm not, I'm not nervous about it at all. It's just kind of, you know, teams are going to hit, hit skids. Sometimes it's at the beginning of the year. Sometimes, like last year, it was towards the end of the year where you're just kind of like, I hope things turn around at some point because they're playing way too bad to, you know, compared to where I know they can play. And they're going to come around at some point. It's just – just when, just a matter when. of when. The lineup, Clawson. My big fear. I'm not worried the offense isn't going to come back. It's going to come back at some point, and it's still going to be a top five offense in baseball by the end of the year. No doubt about that. My only fear would be the pitching has been relatively so good for right now. They've been using they've been using the bullpen a lot, yep. and I feel like if you keep putting your starter out there for four innings and then let your bullpen go for the other five, you're going to end up burning your bullpen, and then you're going to have a bunch of second-half Matt Barnes on your hands. And when your offense is hot, your pitching is going to suck. So my fear would be that the pitching and the hitting flips. 
Okay. Well, you guys keep saying that our pitching has been like not bad and stuff. We're 19th in team ERA right now. Well, okay. Yes. However, look at how low our team ERA is. It's still under what, four? Yeah. But with all things considered, how the MLB is playing with dead balls and nobody in the league offensively wise is really mashing a three, six, six, I think is relatively high compared to, you know, the league average for offense. It's a little high. It's a little, I guess. I mean, it's a, it's a good team ERA. I think things will start to even out with that. And I think, I mean, overall with our pitching staff, especially with the injuries, I'm happy with what we've seen for from guys. Like, you know, we've we've talked negatively about the offense, but let's give let's sh- shine some light on like the pitching staff here. Like Austin Davis had a couple really bad outings. He started to turn things around. Jake Diekman in seven appearances, a one nine three ERA. Strom in seven appearances, a one three five. Valdez, I don't think had allowed he hadn't allowed a run up until last uh, last game. And then, you know, Sawamora struggling a little bit, but he's still got a 284. Whitlock's been unbelievable. Cutter Crawford's been bad. Whitlock's Robles, been unreal. Robles still has not allowed an earned run. Matt, I don't know what to make of Matt Barnes, to be honest. Matt Barnes has forgotten how to play baseball. He doesn't know how to pitch. And Danish has five strikeouts in three innings. So, I mean, the bullpen's been really good. I think, you know, when you look at – when you look at outliers, it's it's Pavetta, it's Hill a little bit, and it's it's Crawford and Barnes. And beyond those guys, everybody else has been has been really good. And there's been a lot of, you know, talk about like oh Brazier stinks this that like he hasn't been good, but like could be worse. Could be worse. You're gonna have to factor in too. We get Chris Sale back at some point, and, and then you also you get, get James Paxton back. You get James Paxton back. And then you also get Josh Taylor back in the bullpen. Right. People seem to forget about that guy. So he's going to chew innings from Cutter Crawford and whoever else sucks. Well, I have a feeling we got to trim this roster down to 26 pretty soon with the end of April soon approaching. So I have a feeling either Cutter – I think Cutter Crawford might get sent down, maybe Travis Shaw, maybe Brazier. So, you know, one or two of these guys who have really been scuffling, they're going to get get the boot. Because I might get outright released. I could, I could definitely see that too. Costas has been lighting it up in AAA, so we'll see what happens there. It's been a tough road offensively. Pitching's been okay. You guys got any last kind of thoughts on on the last week and a half? Our bullpen is currently thirteenth, I think, in bullpen ERA. That's okay. I think it's dipped a little bit recently with uh, some blowups by, by certain people. There's nothing really you can say right now about this team other than you just got to hope that they get back on track and everybody starts to play like you know they can play. Other than that, I mean, you just got to you gotta at least split in Toronto right now. Need a split. I don't know if these division games, you got to win them now because you can't win them back in August. So I think the more you win when you're cold, the easier it is to take over when you're hot. I think it's uh, baseball's just got to get more entertaining. I think it's kind of boring now. Um, other than that, yeah, socks are fine. Just keep rolling. Yeah. I mean, these games have been pretty boring to watch too. Like, there's not been a lot of exciting moments. 
things are going to start to come around. Things are going to come around. You got Toronto for four, as we've said, then you got Baltimore for the weekend. You got Monday off. You're back home against the Angels and then back home against the White Sox. Things are going to be okay. You know what's not okay, Clawson? What's up? Uh, I need groceries, and I don't know how to get them. Go to the grocery store. Well, I don't. I, I don't want to walk there. Take the bus. I don't want to leave the confines of my apartment. I don't want to do it. How do you like, expect to get food? Well, some, I got to think someone would deliver it now. You got, you got any ideas on that? Instacart is an online grocery delivery app that allows you to handpick a variety of fresh foods and products. Forget that ingredient you need to make your famous dish while watching the socks, or you're like Guardian, you're too lazy to get up and get out, go to the grocery store, order it through Instacart. Delivery straight to your door in as fast as an hour. You can shop multiple stores, see details in your area. They'll help you save money. And every item is hand-selected at the store to fit even the most specific needs. They always handle with care to make sure everything gets you in one piece. I don't know what the offer is this week. The offer that I have on here is between June 14th and June 20th, 2021. Uh, it was a Father's Day special. Uh, free delivery on your first order over $35. It's a pretty good deal. I hope you did that for Father's Day. You can use the link in our show notes and you can support Gone Bridge. Never Whoa. step foot in a grocery store. Hello. Whoa. Instacart. Never step foot in a grocery store again. A little premature on the woo there. A little bit. Speaking of, uh, Steve, they, they got rid of the business and the pregame. Yeah, that's whack. I guess it's another Tiesto song, this new one. Yeah, it's another not as good Tiesto song. Good point. What's it called? It's like ma- Mafia? It doesn't even matter what it's called because it's not the business. It's called The Motto. Yeah, well, get more creative with your titles. More like not more like not the business. <laughs> That's what they should call it. <laughs> not, not the business. Out of you business. Just... Oh, okay. Um, Steve, you got to leave in a second, but we got we got some questions for Matt. All right. And, uh, you got you got to answer them before you leave. Uh, first one comes in from Matt. He said, "What's <laughs> shocker? <laughs> What's the grossest place you refuse to get food from?" So Matt just wants us to drop free ads here. Uh, you know the place. It's like it's like British people might call it the tube. It's a sandwich stop. Uh Guy's brain's not firing quick enough. It's like the it, the logo is like green and yellow. Yeah, uh, I will like, not. Like... I will not go there. No, I don't. I do really? not like it there. No. I was about to actually when I was about to like reference the company, I was thinking of a of a different way to to say that possible old spokesperson, but I chose to go a different different way, different direction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really, you don't like? That's one of my favorite places to go. Honestly, like on a road trip. No, I th- I think I just had a bad experience one time. Just don't like it. I will say, shout out to Milad on on TikTok. I'd like oh, I love watching him. I like watching him make the sandwiches. I just <laughs> will not get it. I also I also hate the fast food Mexican place. I don't like that unless I'm a certain level of of of, of inebriated. I will not Is, get back like either. like the one the one that we made our orders about, or the one that's like local to Massachusetts, kind of. 
no it's a uh, it's a uh, it's like it's like burrito horn <laughs> you lost you totally lost me what do you mean Clausen knows what i'm talking about yeah that was a good one yeah come on burrito horn <laughs> completely completely lost uh, yeah i can't believe you don't get that what are you talking burrito <laughs> what are you horn? talking about i won't eat there either yeah not no no you st- stupid i'm so can you type it in the chat oh <laughs> yeah that place will blow your ass up um, um i will refuse to also eat at the burrito horn but i also <laughs> i also won't eat at that one where there's that guy with the facial hair and he wears the hat. Mm. I've never eaten there. Here's the I, it's like a state and then a way to to cook an animal. What? Right? I don't know. No, you... no. The colonel does not wear a hat. <laughs> Who were... Oh, wait. Are you thinking of... This is such a mess. <laughs> the sandwich queen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now I got you. Now I got you. Colonel, you don't like that a hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, come Put on! Some you can't, can't on get his... mad at me for Are thinking, you thinking of like you were thinking of like Doug Dimmadome, aren't you? That guy? What? Where is he from? Fairly Odd Parents? Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa! That I think there's statute of limitations on that show. It's been off the air right. for too long. Great show, but Great I refuse to. I refuse to eat from either of those places. Okay, interesting. All right, before I leave, Garrett Whitlock was my outscore impact player of the past like three series. I gave him a .72 because that's his number, and he's being Garrett Whitlock right now. Wait, Steve, hold on. Before you go, I just want to see if you can guess the place I was thinking of. Okay. So uh, the place that I refuse to ever eat at again, uh, it, it, there, there aren't like any of them up north. They're just down south. They're like all over TikTok, and they're in a baby song once. And it's like... It's like the, I don't, I don't really know how to describe it. It's like making food in. Yeah, no, I know just, what you're talking about because you've okay. mentioned it before. Yeah, it sucks. And it ruined my stomach. I never want to eat that. The, the fact that you can get a three course meal for nine bucks, that should scream. This food is horrible. That's just good value. Oh, great value. If, <laughs> if you want to be sitting on the toilet all night, that's what you're in. If that's what you're into, go for it. Steve left. I don't know. Where, where is he gone? I have no idea. I don't know. Steve's got Steve stuff to do. True. We don't have that much more to talk about. Uh, we got more questions from Matt, though, which the next question comes in from Matt. He said, what's your high score in bowling? We bowling or real bowling? Oh, that's a good question. Let's do both. Because I bowled a 249 in we bowling okay. over winter break. I was pretty proud of that. That's pretty good. And then like, what? I was going to say, you ever like volunteer? When I was younger, I used to have to volunteer at like a, like a nursing home. They were all nasty at Wee Bowling. Like straight yeah. 300. Old, old people are disgusting at Wee. It's unbelievable, dude. Like, it's like I think the, the Wee was specifically made for, for the older generation. It's perfect for their limited range of motion. I mean, I, yeah, I guess. I think like an Xbox would probably be better, but like. Well, it keeps them active. They got to move. True. That's a good point. I was, uh, I was home this weekend 
and I ripped a round of, of Wii Golf because I've been – Wii Golf is, is very fun. And I got – I shot a, a minus six over 18. Minus six over 18. I had a really good score over winter break. I was ripping the Wii over winter break. The Wii is like – the Wii – It's timeless. I, I agree. You can really go back to it. Wii baseball is fun. We we baseball's a good good time. We baseball's kind of frustrating though because you can't control the hitters or you can't control the fielders. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean it's kind of you got to be a really good pitcher if you yeah. want to do that. Also, you know the the splitter pitch where it, it like it just like falls onto the ground. It's like impossible to hit. It's gross. I was playing my sister this weekend and she threw it and it got called for a strike. Never saw that before. Yeah. They're always balls. I know. Okay, like clip the bottom of the zone, I guess. It's like that that's crap. That's crazy. Uh my highest Wii bowling score, probably I think like a 230, somewhere around there. It's respectable. Highest real bowling score. I rip I ripped uh ripped the alleys in February a couple times. I think the highest I got was like 105. Not very good at bowling. Yeah, I want to say I'm like, you know, 110, 120, somewhere yeah. around there. Very low. Uh, last question comes in from Matt. He said, what school subject could you teach at a third grade level right now? Definitely English. You think you think you know all those like weird rules and stuff that they history. Like, yeah. Yeah. History. I could probably teach. I would say math. I could, I could definitely teach math. Well, third grade. Math doesn't seem too hard. Cause they're like, they're just starting to do algebra. Not even. You're like just past division. Oh, at that wait, point. no, you're doing like multiplication tables. Yeah, like you ever do the mad minutes in school? Yeah, Those I was. Were, I got pretty decent at them. Yeah, we used to have like races back when yeah. school was fun. School, school used to be fun. School used to be fun. Make school, make school fun again. Uh, then, yeah, I got pretty confident. I could teach that. Teach that well. School really went downhill. Yeah, what, what then, grade did school stop getting fun at? Well, it's kind of a time point. It's when Michelle Obama took out all the junk food from the cafeteria. <laughs> Dude, I swear we as a society have, have not moved moved past that. No. We, we talked about this once. They yeah, had some of the say, best food yeah. when that wasn't a thing. Dude, we, ha- we had like full ice cream, like like – bins of ice cream that you could just take and eat yeah dude these cookies they used to have once the whole grain cookies got got shipped in like this is bullshit these are terrible these are terrible did we talk just, I, I can't remember if we talked about this on the show or if this was like an off-record like conversation we had i think it was off the record i think it was too dude they used to in my high school they had these peanut butter cookies they were like the size of your, your face. They were huge and unbelievable. And then I, I, I can't remember if they had already switched. I think middle school was like the turning point of that. Uh, not, not good. Not good. It did yeah. absolutely nothing. I'm looking when, did, at, when did that kick in? Uh, sometime between 2008 and 2016. That's bullshit. Neat. It was probably earlier on. Do you, do you think that really helped a lot of people? Absolutely not. I'm looking at child obesity rates between 1988 and 2018. It did not change from 2008 to 2019. The worst part, the worst it part actually about went, it, it went up. I believe it. I believe it. The wor- At least at my like school, like 
like middle school and stuff. The worst part was, was your main, your main course was just tasted so much worse. And then when you get up to line, you'd have to grab a fruit. Like you'd have to, or else like they, I think they'd like, they, I don't even know what they, 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 they'd send Wally after you. They send, they do send, well, we didn't get any, into any Wally talk with Steve today, but they send Wally after you if you don't grab an apple or, or a fresh orange or something like that. But for the 90% of kids, you grab the apple, you walk out of line, and you take your best shot at the garbage can to see if that thing goes straight into it. It was <laughs> Yeah. Like you, I mean, the fruit, the fruit was just, it was like brown on the edges. Like, I mean, come on, the garbage can was just asking for that. So so unappealing. So unappealing. That's pretty, that's shit. Pretty terrible. Uh, I was Corey Impact Player of the Week. Steve gave his pick. I got to come up with someone. I'm just going to – I'm going to give it to Matt Strom. I love his hair. He's been good. And he had a big inning in that – I think it was like an inning or a third in, inning and two-thirds against uh, against that first win against Toronto. So I'm, I'm a big – I'm on the Strom train. I think we got to get – like you remember in 2013 when they had like the fake beards that you could yep. like wear? Can we get Strom hair? I don't see why not. Strom mania. I'm sure like like Bronson was telling us about the cornrows. Like we got to get fake. We got to have Matt Strom hair night. He's got to do like he's got to pitch just out of his mind. <laughs> that would sell though. That would be unbelievable. It would unbelievable. be unbelievable. Uh, my Alex Core Impact Player of the Week is going to be COVID, and I'm going to give it a negative 0.99. Uh, I've only given, I think, Rob Manfred and Angel Hernandez a negative one. Yep. But not even COVID is as bad as those two. Why COVID this week? I feel like COVID's less of a problem than it ever has been. Cora's out. Oh, true. Yeah, a bunch of guys out for COVID. COVID. Yeah, Cora. Well, Will Venable was managing the team this past week. Crazy. Uh, yeah, COVID, COVID sucks. COVID sucks. Oh, I didn't even give Strom a score. I'm just going to give him like a .69. I love that guy. Might as well. Yeah. Um, you got any notes for us this week? Oh, uh, Wally's. Well, hold, hold on. I have a question. Yeah. So I was listening back to the, the what was it called? Inside Gone Bridge episode. And you had talked about the, the barn owl adoption. What about it? Like any anything else come of that? Uh, I gave it to her. Yeah. Uh, she laughed really hard, but she really liked it. I bet. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It was a hit. It Good. was a hit. Good. She showed her mom. Her mom laughed really hard. I bet. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to meet your girlfriend for the first time this week. She will be up on Thursday. She will. She is confirmed real. Okay. And confirmed coming. <laughs> bold <laughs> okay right. uh, it's funny with your mouth is my man um i was sitting i was i was sitting in north station the other or yesterday actually i was taking the train back and uh just had thoughts about what fake Bryn was up to these days wonder what she was up to big bc women's water polo fan from is that what, what is that the team she's on I don't know. But BC women's water polo is apparently disgusting. Is it? 
Yeah, I have a friend on the team. Apparently, they just like wreck house. You know what the if if you have a daughter, like a young daughter, and you want her to go D one athletically, well, well, like statistically, the best sport to lead her down to try to get a full ride, it's it's bowling, and you want to try to get her onto the Nebraska women's bowling team. Absolute powerhouse in the bowling department. They're gross. Gross. National champions almost every year. Absolutely gross. And your daughter, if she's good at bowling, I'm sure could get a scholarship there. So we had a we had a kid I used to play baseball with that was he was going to college to be I think he, he's going to Nebraska to bowl. I think. Really? I think. He's it's guy, but he played baseball. And I remember he would always either have to miss practice or leave early because he had bowling practice after. Bowling practice? That's comical. Right. Love, love a good bowling practice. Um, but sorry to cut you off. Did you have any notes? Um, I could tell my story about getting to the train after the game. Oh yeah. I want to hear that. So we get back to the car Yep. and it was, so the train left at six fifteen, and it was five fifty five when we stepped out of Fenway. So we had exactly 20 minutes. Yep. It's a 10 minute walk there, 10 minute walk back. So we get back. And I had probably like, we kind of hustled. We probably, I probably had 12 minutes to get back, Yep. but I didn't want to test it. I didn't want the train to get there early. And then I have to wait a half an hour to get the train again. Right. So I grab my bag and I am hustling through the streets of Boston. I'm not in very good cardiovascular shape by any, by any stretch at all. So it was probably like two blocks, three blocks really not far at all less than definitely less than a half mile i would say shorter than the boston marathon 100 percent. yeah barely but just slightly shorter than the boston marathon so i'm like i i don't know what i looked like but i probably look like a maniac because everyone else is like walking the other way going to the bar going to their car and i'm just booking it i was probably red face i was sweating i got my bag and i'm just booking it through boston i made the train by like 10 minutes how fast did you run? Was I it don't know. I was I was sprinting, <laughs> but I was gassed. Anyway, I probably looked like a freak. Yeah. Well, at least you made it on time. I did make it. I did make it. At least you made it on time. Um, love a good train. Trains go underrated. Trains are very underrated. I made it from Boston to Ashland in like thirty minutes. I have no idea where that is. More than 30 minutes outside of Boston. Okay. It was actually probably less than 30 minutes. Really? Huh. All right. Um, trying to think what else. Can't really laugh at the Yankees this week. Oh, actually, there's... You can laugh at Garrett Cole. Did you see him singing God Bless America? Did you see that video? I did not. He was singing... Uh, Connor Falefa and Judge were right next to him, and he was, like, belting... God bless America. And they're both there like singing it, like laughing. Take a look at that if you can find it. Um, Interesting. We can laugh at their fans for making them look like complete idiots. In fact, this video just came out that I, I still haven't watched. Uh, it's like the fan in the front row of uh, – here we go. Do you want me to play this? We can listen to it. It's 30 seconds. Might as well. It's the fan in the front row. I think it's – after Quan got hurt and when uh, 
what's his name? Miles Straw hopped up onto the fence. So here you go. Uh, not much there. That was a lot of 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 gibberish. Basically, one one guy said, "Stay down, Quan." Straw got up on the wall and said, "Hit me, motherfucker." Guy did not hit him. Certified coward. Certified. So Certified. there you go. Uh, there's also some news that the Yankees, the letter might be coming out about them cheating in 2017. I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's. Trying to think if there's any other big things that went on in the last week and a half. I'm sure we missed some stuff. I don't know, man. Baseball is kind of boring right now. It is. It is. The whole Jerry Remy uh, pregame ceremonies on Wednesday was awesome. They had all the Nesson sideline reporters back. Except Jenny for Don Orsillo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk that was about bad. that. That was really bad. That was really bad. I, I hate how that relationship has gotten so poor and how Nesson just has completely closed him off. It's just, I don't know. Like whatever you have, you got to put it aside for Remy. Yeah, I know. Like they were, you know, they worked together for 15 or so years and you can't even put a video of him in. Like it's ridiculous. ridiculous. It's the best broadcasting duo of all time. Yeah, I would. They're right up there. They're hilarious for baseball. Yeah, for sure. Do you like – did you like uh, – did you watch any of the games with Uke? He was good. I thought he was I okay. was I, – he, uh, he was going in spring training too. I liked him. Yeah, he's a little dry, but overall I like him. Also, do you like Monaco? No. I was going to say hot take. I think Dave O'Brien's better than Monaco. I really I, – he, he broadcasted a couple games last year, and – I, I had to turn the TV down. I was like, I really don't want to listen to Mike Monaco right now. Monaco's got the better, like, like bang when it comes to big calls. Like, he definitely gets more excited and stuff. But uh, I don't know. I'm not not a huge fan. His voice sounds very, like, he, he very, like, hello. Like, he almost, like, puts on, like, an act kind of. I mean, I know you're supposed to sound. But I, uh, yeah, just bring Don Marcello back. That would be nice. That All would right. Be nice. Let's, uh, let's close out the ninth here. I'm trying to think if I got anything. Just when you see, did you see Wally this week. Um, all right. So here's the deal. I was down when I was at the, the Toronto game last week, I was down sitting. We, we have a friend who kind of has seats right by the dugout in that section. So I was sitting down by him again for the end of the game and I hadn't seen Wally all game. And the Red Sox get the final out. And I turn to my left, and Wally is out right behind home plate, waving that flag, looking all happy. I had questions. Wally, where were you the rest of the game? I hadn't seen you all night. I saw Tessie. I saw Tessie. I didn't see Wally. 
she's kind of a diversion to the whole thing. That's exactly what I think, dude. I think when Tessie came in was when the crimes starting occurring more and more for Wally. And they said, Wally's going to get caught if we don't do something here. Boom, Tessie. You think Wally was behind the whole Ukrainian invasion by Russia? Uh, I don't know about the whole thing, but it's probably like supported the bad stuff, probably. Definitely seems like a Putin supporter. Yeah, I don't know. Wally's the, the guy. The funniest quote was the guy I went to the game with on uh, Tuesday. This is funny. So like he he's one of our friends from school and he listens to the show. And if you hadn't listened to episode 80, there's we were just joking about Wally. How he might have a very shady, shady exposing Wally. Yeah, he, he's got a Wally. he's got a shady background, and uh, he saw Wally and goes, "Not gonna lie, you guys kind of ruined Wally for me." And I was like, "Listen, I'm just telling you the truth. He's not he's not the huggable green monster that that you once thought. He's not a hugger. He's a high fiver. He's a high fiver. He doesn't want to be like frisked down. True. Good point. Um. Anything else? I, I, I can't think of much. Uh, Garrett Cole promised a bunch of New York sixth graders or New York school kids MacBooks if he pitched more than two innings and he had, he went 1.2. You know so, that's fake, uh, right? Yeah, no. Okay. I just want to make sure. The, the Angels broadcaster sure believed it. They sure thought that was real. Too funny. I love New York porch sports. Too Very good. Fun. So, I keep seeing stuff from them, and I keep yeah. thinking oh. it's like the short porch account. Yep. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe this stuff is getting publicized about the New York Yankees. Like, it's so bad. And then I look at it again. And I'm like, oh, fake account. Dude, I'm telling you, Twitter loves, like, you know, when you, you're not following an account, but it says, like, based on people you may follow. Twitter loves, in that scenario, to put, like, fake sports news. I swear, yeah. like. All offseason, I would see, like, fake Ken Rosenthal tweets, like, baseball's back. This guy signed here. And then I click on the account, and it's like, you look in the bio, it's like, get fucked, idiot. Like, not actually yeah. Ken Rosenthal. I'm like, damn it. Like, yeah. oh. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. But anyways, I'm going to wrap this up here. Big week ahead. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Big week ahead for the Sox. Got four against Toronto, three against Baltimore. Need some wins here on the road. It's kind of been a boring start to the season. Not going to lie. We'll be back on Friday after the Toronto series with regular, regularly scheduled content. So if you enjoyed what you listened to, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gonebridge Podcast and Twitter at Gonebridge. Don't forget to subscribe to our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to the show. And once again, we'll be back with episode 83 at the end of this week. See ya!